Good morning. How are we? That video makes me want coffee. Isn't that weird? You ever thought about that? We've seen it five times now throughout the month. Every time I go, man, I want a cup of coffee now. It's pretty awesome. Hey, that was just a thought. Anyway, hey, how are you? <laughs> Great to be with you this morning. My name is Christian. If we haven't met, uh, I get to be worship leader here at Shepherd's Gate. Uh, thank you to our team. Man, wasn't that beautiful? Wow. Amazing. They are so great, and I love getting to hear the voices of our church uh, singing together. It's such an honor. Uh, Hey, this morning we are wrapping up a series that we've been calling Life First. Uh, We've been in this for the past four weeks out the month of July. I also, like Pastor Tim, I can't believe July is now over. So it's the fifth and final week of the series. Uh, So we've heard from four speakers so far. Pastor Tim kicked us off all the way back in the first week. Pastor John, Pastor Craig. Last week, our family director, Trisha, did an incredible job. She's really, really hard to follow. Uh, So (laughs) bear with me here. But uh, we've been really happy having a great time. Uh, Not only have we shared our life verses with you, but also you've shared yours with us. If you remember, all the way back July 1st, we said, make sure to send us your life verses online, and our set design was a little bit emptier then. Uh, It looked like this. This is the picture of where we started, and I'm pretty sure that we have filled every available spot on this wall, don't you? Uh, It's amazing. And these are literally all your verses uh, from what you turned in online. So can we thank our set design team as well? Um, Paul here, he was on ladders every single week. He was doing crazy things with projectors, and they made images uh, based around the verses that you guys turned in. So thank you for turning your verses. Thank you to them for giving us something beautiful to look at. And this has been a really amazing time uh, of getting to see what God is doing through his word. Hey, I know we prayed a bunch already. Uh, I'd like to pray with us again, if that's okay, before we jump into this. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. You are so, so good to us as we sang uh, earlier and and you're just doing so many amazing things as we get to dive into your word. Uh, So God, now as we open up the pages of your scripture again, uh, I just pray that you would continue to speak in really powerful ways and uh, I pray that you would do what you always do in this place, which is to break down walls and chase after your children. Uh, We know how loved we are by you and we lean into what you're doing in this place. We're just happy to be a part of it. It's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, as I said, I get to share my life verse with you this morning. I'm really honored I get to do that and close out this series with you. My life verse is found in the book of Isaiah uh, in chapter 12, verse 2. Uh, it's a really amazing verse, and, and it really goes after something that I've, I've dealt with my entire life, which are these two things we're going to talk about today, which is fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety. Two really lighthearted topics, I know. Like, we're really, we're going deep this morning, everybody. It's going to be great. But ice cream follows, so it's going to be awesome. Uh, These two topics, fear and anxiety, and this verse kind of comes right out the gate. The first two uh, lines of this verse say this, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. It's an amazing verse. I I absolutely love that. And that's a great Facebook post. That's a great tweet. Uh, That's a great bumper sticker. It looks really good on a set design right here in the middle. Uh, But harder to live out, right? Uh, Because I don't know about you, but throughout the seasons of my life so far, uh, it seems like fear and anxiety has played a role in some way. Uh, And I I don't know what you might be going through, but I know throughout my life there are those things that seem to kind of want to creep in and seem to want to tell us, hey, this is going to make you anxious. This is going to be something to worry about or something to be stressed about in every single season. Uh, Let's look at some of those things together. I'll just share with you some of mine. We'll start small. Here's a couple things that make me nervous that are a little bit irrational and weird, so don't judge me. You ready? Spiders. Anybody else just not a fan of spiders in in the room this morning? I can't be the only one. Perfect. Uh, I like that kids raise their hands. That makes me feel like... Oh, man. All right. I should probably get over my fear of spiders then. 
Uh, Trisha shared with us last week this story about a snake. I don't like snakes either. Snakes make me wonder why God made snakes. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many times where I'll see a spider, or I have not had too many run-ins with snakes yet. Oh, man, if I ever do. But uh, those are two things. Another weird one. Here's a weird one. Birds. Birds make me nervous because birds and I have a weird relationship. We really do. Here's, here's how it works between birds and I. They want to be really close to me. And I don't want them to be close to me. I like, the last I heard, they're supposed to be in the sky, right? Like that's kind of where they hang out. I love it when they're up there. They seem to want to get very near to me. Uh, not long ago, I was walking down a sidewalk. I was talking to my phone and a bird, no joke, hit me in the head. It flew down, it hit me in the head, and then just kept flying. Did not stop to apologize. That is very rude. Uh, that is not, you can't treat people like that, is what I wanted to say to it. As I was writing this message, no joke, right? I'm sitting on my couch in my apartment. There's a great big window next to me. And I'm typing the words, not a big fan of birds. And a bird runs straight into the window <laughs> next to me. I jumped 20 feet off the couch, which is hard to do in an apartment. But... I, it's a conspiracy. I, I am set to believe that birds are after me. Uh, but this isn't therapy, so we'll, we'll keep going on this. Uh, it's not just the small things, though, right? Like, uh, I, hear, I know you're sitting there going, is he going to talk about spiders and snakes and birds for 40 minutes? Yes. No, I won't. No, there's other things, right? And it, it seems like as we move through seasons of our life, anxiety and fear kind of want to creep along with us. Uh, because there were some really weird things that I was afraid of as a kid. Like I used to not be able to sleep without a nightlight. But now I don't sleep because my mind is racing of all the things that I'm anxious about. As we enter into new seasons of life, I remember when I first got to college, I had this really deep fear all of a sudden of failure. I, I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want to let down my professors or my family. I just wanted to do well, right? So I had this new fear of failure. I've shared this story with all of you before last year, but I used to be really terrified, ironically, to sing or talk in front of people. And that's amazing now, right? Because there's like 200 of you here and I'm somehow talking. This is crazy. This is evidence that God continues to move in my life and there's something he's been teaching me. I wonder if he can teach all of us this morning because he's moving in my life still. There's something as I turn through the pages of this book, like we have this entire month, where I constantly see Jesus speaking words and all throughout this book, there's this thing of saying, you are not meant to live in fear. Do you know that? Uh, there's this thing of saying, do, do you wrestle with anxiety? Do you wrestle with fear? Do you wrestle with stress or worry or nervousness? Because in theory, you're not supposed to. That's not what God created you to do. It's not what God created me to do. We're not supposed to live in fear. We're supposed to live in faith. And God's been teaching me this for a long time and it seems like the crazy thing about it is everything that in my life I've said, you know, I'm a little hesitant of that thing, I'm a little nervous about that thing, I'm kind of afraid of it, that makes me anxious. I'll just keep that to the side. God says, that's the thing we're going after. That's the thing that we're gonna run after together. And that's not always been met with a happy response by me. I go, okay, I'd like to just continue to hide this thing. I'd like to just be able to kind of like, that's just another part of my life. But God says, no, remember, you're not supposed to live in fear. You're supposed to live in faith. And there's something beautiful about this. Like I said, as we kind of continue into new seasons of life, I'm in a new season of life right now. I started a, a career here last year. I got married last year. And both of those things can bring a lot of anxiety, right? Like that's a lot of stress. I wanna be a great husband. I wanna provide for my wife well. I wanna lead her well. And I, I wanna have integrity as I go about that. It's no surprise that we can find stress at work. Amen, right? 
Now, there's four words that I always think are, are really easy to bring anxiety to somebody's heart. Let me test and see if this is true for you. If your boss or if your wife or somebody that is kind of above you, uh, and so, oh, that's funny. No, sorry. Uh, it's someone that's kind of like, it carries a lot of weight with you. Here's four words, ready? We need to talk. Oh, boy. Right? And then sometimes it's compounded by like, we need to talk, but we'll talk Friday. And you're like, it's Monday. What are we going to talk about Friday? Is it good? Is it bad? Am I getting a raise? Am I getting fired? What's happening here, right? Like work can bring stress. And I, I don't have kids yet, but I've heard, I had a conversation with a parent recently. He told me something really interesting. I didn't know. Raising kids is very difficult. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's crazy. There's something to look forward to, you know? Those things that make us anxious, those things that bring worry and bring stress into our life, uh, all of them can really pile up. Man, all we need to do is turn on the news for five minutes. We'll find something to be anxious about, right? We'll find something to be fearful of. We'll find something to worry. And as I turn through the pages of this book, as if I, I read the first two lines of Isaiah saying, hey, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. What I think he's getting at is he's saying there's a shift that needs to happen here. There's a shift as believers in Jesus, as children of God, where we say, hey, something's different. I'm not gonna live in fear. I'm gonna live in faith. And this has been a hard journey for me. Like I said, I've struggled with anxiety the past few years because uh, it's interesting. Some people will say to me, you don't really seem like an anxious person. Like you, you seem pretty calm. Like you seem like a pretty peaceful guy. And how I always describe it is, is my anxiety kind of comes from within. Uh, if you don't know much about me, uh, which is totally fine, I, I'm a pretty high creative personality type, uh, which means that I'm, I'm kind of sensitive, but I'm also really in my own head all the time. And then I'm also an introvert, which means that I'm really in my own head all the time. <laughs> and the two things about that is that's where a lot of beauty comes from, a lot of creativity comes from there, a lot of ideas come from there, but also when the lights go out at night and my head hits the pillow, my mind can kind of start to, to really, really run. And it's like my mind says, oh, you're trying to go sleep? Here's 4,000 things, real quick. We're just gonna work through all of them. We're just gonna keep moving through all of them. Make sure you get through every single last one, second guess every conversation you had. Make sure you think about your entire day. Also, good night, right? I don't know about you, man, but that is so, so true for me, that that clock could say 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and here I am, I'm still spinning with all these things in my head to process through. And it's interesting that Isaiah kind of kicks us off, and I, I think if we look at this verse the right way, if we kind of come up from a cool angle, uh, we can see that Isaiah is tackling anxiety. He's tackling fear and worry in this passage. He starts off strong. He says, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. One of the first things that kind of makes my mind spin like that is when I kind of start to think, can I really trust something? There's been some things throughout my life. I've lost some family members. Uh, I've had some friendships get tattered along the way. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty introverted, so, so people for me is an interesting dynamic as far as anxiety goes. And then being in ministry, you're always gonna be around people, right? And there's something there that just kind of always is processing and, and always makes me a little bit hesitant about everything I do. And it's like my mind, maybe you can relate to this, it's like my mind is kind of always playing that what if game. All right, well you hang out with that friend of yours, but, but what if like, what if he doesn't like hanging out with you as much as you like hanging out with him? Or like all, all these what ifs, all these things that kind of can flood our brain all the time. And it's interesting that, that Isaiah comes right at the gate, he says, God's my salvation, I'll trust and I won't be afraid. He's going after trust. I think he's going after anxiety. This is a continuation of a verse right before it. Uh, in chapter 12, verse one, Isaiah starts off, he gives context to this big, bold statement he makes by saying, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger has turned away that you might comfort me. 
That's a weird verse. There's some weird wording in there, but here's great news for what he says afterwards. Here's the beautiful thing. When we say God is my salvation, I fully believe that an enemy of anxiety is reliability. When I really know that I can trust something, when I know that I can be confident, just like that song we just sang, right? Like when I know that I can be confident in something, that changes everything from my mind. I live and I think and I breathe differently. And Isaiah is saying, hey, remember that at an eternal level, not just your earthly relationships, not just the things around you, at an eternal level, you are loved by a God who created you. And he starts out, he says, uh, God, God's anger has turned away from you, although you were angry with me. So here's the thing, we, we serve a perfect God. He created each and every one of us. We know that he's the God of the universe, he created your heart and my heart, and we know that he is perfect. So, because we're not perfect, because I don't know about you, but I've made mistakes in the past 10 seconds, right? Like, we are not perfect people. And so a perfect God has every reason to be angry with us, but Isaiah says this great news, he's not angry with you. In fact, the opposite of that. His anger's turned away, and now he's comforting you. Do you know how hard it is to comfort somebody you're mad at? It's difficult. So Isaiah is giving context. He's saying, remember that as you go about your days, as you turn away from fear and turn towards faith, there's something beautiful over your life. It's this reminder that there is a cross and an empty tomb that reminds you each and every day that you are already saved. And that our God is a God that we can trust. He's reliable. We can be confident in him. He's a trustworthy, loving God. Maybe that's for you this morning. God is not angry with you. He's comforting you. He's with you in your time of need. He saved you from sin. He saved you from death. Here's the great news. He also saved you from fear. He saved you from anxiety. He's shifting the way you live. He's saying, live in faith and run after me. In, in a mindful of what ifs, I love that our God over and over again in scripture describes himself in a statement. He says, yeah, you have all your what ifs. Guess what? I am. I am your salvation. I am your comfort. I am your protector. I am your love. I am your peace. I am all of those things for you. You can trust me. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Now that's enough right there, but Isaiah keeps going. This verse continues. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. Next line, for the Lord God is my strength. The Lord God is my strength. Isaiah's kind of taking another shot at anxiety and another shot at fear here because he's saying, hey, do you know those moments at night or you know those moments in your life in which you feel like you have to say, no, 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 I got it under control. Everything's gonna be fine. There's so many times, I can't even tell you that that I've just kind of run after things that are really big or really daunting or that stress me out at night and I just go, no, it's fine. I got it under control. I can do it on my own. And there's this thing even subconsciously where we're kind of pushing away any help and Isaiah turns the table completely. He says, you want to know one of the reasons you're anxious? Because you're not handing over that control. You're not realizing that the Lord God, amazingly, is your strength right here and right now. We are not good as human beings. I'll just, I'll speak for myself. How about this? I'm not good as a human being at handing over control. I'll give you an example. Uh, How many of us have flown an airplane in the room? Flying is a weird experience. Like, there's some people that are really scared to fly. There's some people that are not. Like, they've done it a ton. I do feel like, though, whenever we fly, there's something in our minds, whenever there's a bump or anything where we go, is everything okay, right? Like, we are thousands of feet in the air. Are we all right? Like, it's weird. It's a weird thing to do. And I get a little nervous on planes as the takeoff, the landing, the bumps in the road. You kind of go, what, what's happening here? And there's something amazing about the fact that we drove to the airport, right? And there's statistics that show that it is more dangerous to drive to the airport than to fly on the plane once you get there. Isn't that insane? That, that blows my mind. I wasn't 40,000 feet in the air in my car. You know what I mean? That'd be cool if I was. 
But there's something about that, right? There's something about the fact that when I have my hands on the wheel, when I'm driving to that airport, I'm not nervous at all because I'm in control of this car. I have everything. I'm fine. But then I walk into some plane and I wave to some pilot that I've never met and I go, my life is in your hands. Be careful. Keep it in the air, buddy. And I'm just like, then I just take this back seat and I basically just wave to him and say, well, I don't know how to get there, so I guess you have to fly the plane, which makes me uncomfortable. And every little bump, I'm like, oh, that guy, right? But there's something there. There's something there that says, Isaiah is, is going after this in this passage. He's saying, hey, remember, the beauty is when you lose control. The beauty is when you realize this freedom that you are not in control of your life, and that's exactly the way that it should be. There's beauty in when we say, God, you are my strength, and I don't know how to get there on my own, so I'm handing the wheel over to you. Because when I think about the difference between a really, really sinful and mistake-making human and a sovereign God who looks over everything in our entire lives, I go, man, I want him to be in control. And thankfully, we see over and over again in these pages that he is, and that he's your strength, he's with you. The Holy Spirit living and breathing inside of you is going to do way more than you ever could on your own. The beauty happens when we hand over the wheel and we say, I'm not in control, that's the way it should be. Uh, One pastor says it like this, I think this helps me to process this as well. One pastor says, God understands that the human frame was not meant to carry the weight of the world. So often for me, and I wonder if for you, we put all these things on our shoulders and we say, you know what, by my own strength, I'm gonna get through it. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna get there. I'll do it on my own, don't worry. And so often our God is leaning in a little bit closer and saying, hey, do you know that I'm with you in this? Do you know that from the very beginning of your situation, I am your strength in the middle of it, not just when you've run out of strength on your own. Our strength is really great at striving, and then we kind of burn out. God's strength is so great at sustaining. God's grace and his strength is so beautiful at sustaining us in those hard seasons and saying, you're not in control, that's the way it should be. Breathe deeper, because I'm with you. Isaiah's taking these shots at, at fear and anxiety, saying, hey, you know how you turn away from fear and into faith? You trust that in in God's beautiful salvation for you, he could have turned away, but he didn't. He's comforting you. And then you trust that even when you don't feel like you have control, even when your mind spins with a thousand different things and says, hey, you should really get control of this situation. It's all on you. God says, no, I'm with you. I'm in control. Breathe. One more word Isaiah says. I love this passage because he just keeps going. The Lord God is my strength and my song. This word is interesting. Uh, it almost feels like Isaiah's gonna stay on this, uh, this run of like, hey, God's our strength and our shield, our strength and our sword. Like he's gonna kind of like stay really like cool and bold with it, and then he goes really subtle. He goes strength and our song. I, I love to think about what it might look like to know that God is our song. I don't know about you, for me, that anxiety at night kind of comes back to this place of if there's something ahead to be worried about. Now, this thing could be tomorrow, it could be the next day, it could be six months from now, it could be five years from now, it could be three weeks from now. But when there are those things that seem really big in our life, like you can kind of fill in the blank, right? Those things that kind of eat at us, those things that make us anxious, those things that make us afraid. So often my mind tells me, you know, once that thing is over, once that's been relieved a bit, then you can breathe. Then you'll be able to rest. Then you'll find joy, Right? And so often we live that way, as if we're just kind of waiting for that next thing. And, and once, once that's over, I'll be okay. And this happens in all seasons of life, right? Like once I pick that college that I really want to go to, once I get in, then I'll be all right. Uh, once I find that spouse that I've been waiting for, once I, I, I know that I'm not going to live alone for my life, once I know who that person is, and once we're married, man, then I can take a deep breath and everything's going to be okay then. 
Once that next work project is done, once that next sale is made, once I get that promotion, once I get out of this dead-end job altogether because I really am fearful I'm wasting my life on this thing, once that's the way I want it to be, oh, that's going to be a great time then. I can rest then. Oh, that doctor's appointment I have next Tuesday, I'm really worried about those results I'm going to get. So maybe once that's over and once I get some good news, maybe then I can actually breathe a bit and then I can rest and find joy, even all the way to retirement. Man, maybe in 10 years, maybe if I have enough money, maybe if I can finally just settle down and stop working, then I can breathe, then I can rest. Our minds will tell us that the moment is all that matters, that everything is kind of banking on that one thing, that we need to talk meeting, right? Once that's over, I can breathe. But the beauty of this passage, and Isaiah is saying God is our song, is I think he's reminding us, oh, child of God, you can praise right here in the present instead of fearing the future. Do you know that this morning? The reminder for our hearts here is that you can praise right here, right now, in the present, not when the storm is past, not just when you feel like, oh, I can take a deep breath, everything's going a little bit better now. God's saying, I'm so with you in the middle of it that you can praise me right now. You can have joy right now. You can rejoice right now. You can have quiet and rest and comfort because I'm here with you in the middle of those things that make you anxious. Uh, There's another passage that says this, and I I think it's a beautiful way to describe it. It's in the book of Zephaniah. If you want to look there with me on the screen, it says this. The Lord God is in your midst. He's right here. He's in the middle of it with you. He's a mighty one who will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exalt over you with loud singing. What would life look like if we knew that in the middle of those things that seem so big and so daunting, we said, yeah, but God's in my midst. You know that doctor's appointment? God's with me as I wait. You know that person I'm waiting for? God's with me as I wait, and I'm gonna use all the energy of my single life to just run after him. You know that work project? You know that thing that's happening at work that I'm really, really stressed about? Yeah, I'm gonna walk into work confidently today because I know God is right here in the middle of it with me. The Lord God, the God of the universe who saved me, he's my strength, he's my song, he's with me in the middle. And also, he's rejoicing over me. There's joy for you in the season of life that you're in right now, even if it feels like there can't be. He's quieting you. He's saying, you can have rest now. You can rest in me even in the middle of this chaos because you know that I'm with you. I love this word. He exalts over us with loud singing. He says, hey, I'm singing over you. As we sing in this room together, God is also singing over us. And I have a feeling that when we really lean into the fact that that God is our strength and he's our song, that our song sounds a lot like that one we just sang a minute ago. The song of our life looks a lot more like I'm confident that your faithfulness will see me through. My soul can rest right here, right now. Why? Because my righteousness is found only in you. And so with every moment I have, not just the one that I think is gonna make me feel better, every moment I have right here and right now, every borrowed breath, God, that you have given me on this life, let this be true. My heart and my life belong to you. I'm resting right here and right now because I can't win the battle on the strength of my own hands. There's beauty in being reminded that God is your song. You can praise right here in the present instead of fearing the future. I don't even have to know your story this morning to know that yes, fear and anxiety can feel really big. Stress can feel really big. Worry can feel really big. I promise you this morning, Jesus is bigger. He's with you in the middle of this. Now there's one more line that Isaiah says that I absolutely love. It's really interesting. The whole verse, Isaiah 12, 2 says this. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. Awesome. The Lord God is my strength and my song, big finish, and he has become my salvation. 
If you're like me at all, you go, Isaiah, hey, just a heads up, you said that already. That's the first line as well. God is my salvation. Last line says, God has become my salvation. So you go, okay, is this a repetitive thing? Like, what are we doing here? And there's a one word that's different, and this has always confused me as to why this word is different. At the beginning, we say, God is my salvation. It's this confident statement. At the end, we say, God has become my salvation. Is this something changed? And we see in the page of this book that, that the salvation didn't change. God has been weaving together a story of salvation for you and me the entire time. So God's salvation has remained the same in the beginning as it is today. What changed? We did. I really believe that as we look at this verse and as we say, God, I trust that you are my salvation. I'm not gonna be afraid anymore. I believe that you're my strength. I believe that you're my song. And guess what? All those things that I thought were gonna save me, all those things that I thought were gonna be my strength, all those times I tried to do it on my own, all the times that I gave in to fear, I gave in to anxiety, I stayed up all night saying, God, I worry and I worry, I worry. Oh, what am I gonna do? All that is gone because you have become once and for all my salvation. My trust is not gonna be on sinking sand. It's gonna be on a rock in which I can stand boldly and firmly in you. There's a change that happens and it's in us. We say, God, you have become my salvation. And once and for all, right here and right now, I'm gonna trust and I won't be afraid no matter what I'm facing. I believe that Isaiah says in this passage, this is what it looks like when we turn away from fear and turn towards faith. We say, God, you've become my salvation. I trust you. This morning, I, I just, I feel this in my own heart and I, I really hope this can resonate somewhere with you as well. We are not children of anxiety. We are not children of fear. We're not children of stress. We're not children of worry or nervousness. We're children of faith. We're saved and redeemed children of love in this place. Do you feel it? I don't know about you, but there's so many times when I find myself the most anxious, when my mind just spins and all these things kind of take over like I talked about. There's moments in which I crave quiet. Do you ever crave quiet in your life? I don't know about you, but man, so often, Monday through Saturday, as soon as I walk out those doors, I go, wow, it is not as quiet in my life as it is in this room right now. And I'm just kind of searching for some kind of peace or just some kind of moment to even just spend with Jesus and say, there's so much going on around me, God. Do you know that I just want some quiet? And I would be remiss if I didn't offer this this morning because uh, I know that so often when I think about needing peace and needing quiet, I think about this room. I think about being together with our church family. I think about having ice cream out there and that relieves, some, that relieves some fear, that relieves some anxiety, right? I think about a little dimly lit room. It's nice and quiet in here. Uh, Kurt's gonna come out and play some keyboard pad for us. Like this is a deep breath moment. And I know, I know that our lives can get so far away from us that, that we don't have those very often. And so if any of this has kind of stirred something in your heart this morning, I would just encourage you, I'm just gonna offer this. If we could just bow our head and close our eyes. There's beauty when we take a minute to breathe. There's beauty when we say, hey, it's really loud out those doors. But right now in this place, I want to quiet my heart. I want to remember that while fear and anxiety might look really, really big in my life, while that thing that I'm facing might look really big in my life, Jesus is bigger. And so if you feel comfortable, um, I'm just going to ask some questions over us. If you want to reflect, that's great. Like I said, I'm an introvert, so I love writing notes. <laughs> if you want to do that, that's awesome. I'm going to pray for us, and I just pray that in this moment, as we, if we just have a minute just to sit in the quiet, that if God's moving in your heart at all, if there's any reminders taking place, if there's anything that we could just hand over in this place, 
Uh, this first question, it, it hits my heart so much. Is there something in your life right now you spend a lot of time fearing? Maybe like we said, maybe it's work, maybe it's health. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's just overarchingly saying, I, I just don't feel like I'm doing enough. It's bringing me stress, it's bringing me worry. Is there somewhere in your life right now that, that maybe it would be a beautiful thing to just say, God, I, I spent a lot of time fearing. I'm gonna try this out. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna spend some more time in faith. I'm gonna spend some more time trusting that you're near to me. And with that, is there somewhere in your life right now that it might be helpful to be reminded that God truly is your salvation? That right now as you sit in your seat, you are a saved, redeemed, loved child of God. Whether this is the first time you're hearing that or the thousandth time you're hearing that, it has never been more true. You are loved by God. He's not angry with you. Instead, he's turned and he's comforting you. He's saying, I set you free. I set you free from sleepless nights. I set you free from worry. I sent you on a path to live in faith. He saved you. You can trust him. Is there somewhere that might be helpful to be reminded that God truly is your strength? When we let go of that wheel, when we say, God, you are truly in control, and that is so exactly the way that it should be. And I'm gonna live like it. I'm not gonna live as if everything is on my shoulders, God, because I know that you are a loving and gracious God who says, I wanna carry that with you. Trust this morning that he's got this. Is there somewhere this morning that might be helpful to be reminded that God truly is your song, that whatever you face, you can praise him in the present right now instead of fearing the future. That all those things that are ahead, they fall aside when we realize once and for all, God, you're right here in the midst of this with me, quieting me, rejoicing over me, singing over me. So God, in this place, we turn to you in prayer. And we say again what we sang earlier, God, God, that you are a God whose laughter scatters our enemies. So often in this life, our enemies can look like stress, can look like fear, anxiety, nervousness, worry, all these things. Those things just seem to eat at us. Sometimes they feel so debilitating. But God, as you sing over us, as you remind us that you are so good and you love us so much, all those things just scatter at the power of your name. God, remind my heart, remind the hearts of all my, all my friends and church family in this room, every single soul and every single heart. God, remind us that you are in our midst and that we are meant to live in faith, not live in fear. Change us and move in us like only you can do. We love you. Hey, can we do this together? Can we stand to our feet? Uh, so often it's really helpful to get to respond. And, and these words we sang already earlier this morning, we sing them all the time in this room, but these words about God is perfect in all of his ways, that he's good to us. I, I don't know about you, there's moments when I really am happy that this song repeats itself so many times because so many times I need it. I, I need to repeat it over and over again so it hits my heart a little bit more. God, you're perfect and you're good and I trust you with everything that's ahead of me. So we're gonna join our voices in response, but I, I just pray that this morning, this blessing might be for you as well. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you right here in this moment and be gracious unto you because he loves you so much. 
May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace right here, right now, right in the middle of whatever you're facing. Because he's so good. Amen? Amen. Amen.